Hello, and welcome back to Battleground Ideas When Faith, Philosophy, and Culture Collide. I want to welcome you to today's edition, which is called Fact Checking the Donald in a Post Truth World. So, as the podcast develops, I realize what I'd like to do and what I hope the format becomes, and it's really going to be a matter of time, is to have the week start with a podcast that's more educational and informative and takes us through the history and background of a lot of the ideas that are happening in culture war right now. But I want to do a shorter edition later in the week that uses a current event or something that's happening in culture all around us to demonstrate how this theory actually works and how this is affecting us in life, whether we are aware of it or not. So given the fact that we have the government shutdown at the moment and President Trump's speech from the Oval Office that was fact-checked up one side and down the other, I'm going to take a couple of minutes to break this down for you and show you how this is a demonstration of what we talked about in the couple of introductory segments that I did for the podcast. In those introductory segments, I talked about that we're living in a post-truth, post-fact culture and that this has an incredible impact upon us. Now, the Oxford Dictionary chooses a word every year that they think best describes the mood of culture. And for 2016, the end of 2016 into 2017, they chose the word post-truth. And here's how they define that. Post-truth is essentially where circumstances in which objective facts are less influential in shaping public opinion than appeals to emotion or personal belief. In a post-truth world, people rely on their feelings and emotions to discern what is correct, what they think is right, and what should make and shape public policy. And in doing this, people will ignore verified facts, they'll ignore verified science. Choosing very well-crafted stories or narratives, if that's what fits what they feel and believe. So from my perspective, there were two results from this that were, at first, completely predictable, and second, disheartening. And let me explain. Now, both the left and the right do this in this country. And this was on display to a lesser degree with the president's speech from the Oval Office on Tuesday. Even our president is not as factually accurate as he could be. And it's important to own that. Even Ben Shapiro in his Daily Wire podcast on Tuesday has recognized this, and he's recognized this in the past, that Donald Trump, like many people in a post-truth world, can be far less than factually accurate. And there's really no denying that. And it's important, as I said, to own this one. So here's the first part, which was predictable. And that was, as he was speaking, he was fact-checked to the nth degree by the left-leaning media. When any hint of factual inaccuracy was found, social media blew up predictably saying that he's a liar and he's evil and he's manipulative and that disqualifies him as president of the United States. Every president should be fact-checked and if they're lying, they should be held accountable. But here's the absurd part of this and what's so really disheartening. Both sides play the narrative-driven post-truth game. They will blindly ignore facts if they contradict their narratives. But the minute they need facts to bludgeon the other side and to point out the inequities and point out their evil and point out their wrong, they will use them in a heartbeat. Here's why this is a dangerous game. Ideas have consequences, regardless of whether people want to acknowledge that or not. And a post-truth world has some pretty major consequences. 
Think about what this means for you as a person. If you or somebody you love is accused of a crime, do you want guilt or innocence to be decided based upon narratives or facts? Do you want somebody's opinion to decide if you were at a certain place and a certain time? Or do you want the facts to show whether you were there or not? Do you want verifiable reality to be the criteria by which your guilt or innocence is judged? I mean, the answer should be obvious to that one. Facts and truth can simply be convenient nuggets that we use to discredit the side that we don't like. If that's the game you're playing, then you're not concerned with truth at all. You're concerned with power. And power is only concerned about being in control of a world that fits its own preferences and fulfills its own desires. It was Frederick Nietzsche who coined the term will to power. And he said that in the absence of truth, people are concerned with one thing, and that's the accumulation of raw power. And power doesn't care about compassion. And power has very little concern. And power will use violence if the ends justify the means, which is precisely why, as he predicted, the 20th century became the bloodiest century that we'd ever known. Truth is truth everywhere at all times, and facts are facts everywhere at all times. And if you're playing a game in which you enjoy a narrative and you ignore the facts that discredit your narrative and show it to be completely out of touch with reality, while conveniently using facts to discredit the side you don't like, you're not interested in truth, you're playing Nietzsche's power game, and it's a dangerous one, and history proves that to be correct. Once again, ideas have consequences, regardless of whether we want to accept that reality or not. If you're using power to promote what even appears to be a compassionate agenda, you're still using power nonetheless. And once people compete by using power, the next person in line may not use power to promote a compassionate agenda. That is the history of the 20th century. And if truth is not permitted to speak, power very may well write the history of the 21st. Once again, thank you for spending time with Battleground Ideas when faith, philosophy, and culture collide. I'm Chuck Mason, and we look forward to next week when we begin our series on an in-depth analysis and breakdown of socialism in America. Thank you, and God bless you.